Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We're stuck on this island until someone comes to rescue us with uh, mules and mules. There's going to be some swearing. Hello, welcome to the Reading Circle Temple. I'm Molly. I'm Indy. I'm Brittany. And I'm Goodwin. And today we are recapping Melting Stones. Let's grab a cup of coffee. Or tea. Or your drink of choice. And let's relive a volcano. Yeah! This is a recap episode, so we are not summarizing shit. Nope. Summary, go back and listen to season 10, yo. All right. Uh, Melting Stones. Question number one. What is your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway is even when people are annoying, don't give up. Hold on. I just want you to know, mine is even if people suck, not everyone does. Same vein. I mean. Yeah. People do suck. The world is a shitty place. It wears you down. It can be really hard to like keep that spark of like wanting to keep going, but uh, it's worth it. Yeah. There was a beam that went around and I like I haven't seen it in like a couple of years, but it's the uh, it do be like that sometimes, mm-hmm. but not all the time. True that that sage sage words there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> mine is basically the same thing as you guys is. i guess uh don't give up on people because yeah some people suck but not all of them do so because yeah. i know like at first murtide ended up was really sucky and then towards the end i'm like oh hey he's not so bad a little like somebody else we know from the first four books so yeah, that sounds really poignant and awesome, and I don't have anything better. So let's go with the biggest takeaway is don't give up on people. Question number two, who is your favorite new character? Um, My new favorite character was mm, Oswin. I really liked Oswin. He, he's a cool dude. Taking care of kids, even though he didn't have to, going out of his way to take care of people, and I don't know, he's just really cool. I really like Jayat, too. He's really cool. You know, being useful and taking care of orphans is cool and all, but uh, have you considered sentient gummy bear? Here it comes! (laughs) The sentient rock gummy bear that can yell really loud, and I I know he can do other stuff, but... uh, God, Luvo is so cool. I just want to point out that I pegged this from our conversation with Tortalan Knights. I was like, Luvo is going to be Goodwin's favorite character. I have a type. What can I say? I, I like <laughs> I like the side character. The, the side. You like the uh, like sentient non-human things. Like the tree and the glass dragon. <laughs> I see. I think this goes into my uh, me not liking people that much. Like, yeah. I, I prefer the tree. I prefer the the sentient rock. I guess. Yeah, that's really weird because I think of you as a as more of a people person than any of us. 
I yeah, do it because I, I have to. Yes. I hide it really well. <laughs> I like all of you guys, don't get me wrong, but like, <laughs> god damn, everyone else kind of blows. Nice, yeah. babe. I feel like this is the moment where I have to point out that when we first had Goodwin on, for the very first Goodwin episode that was all about Goodwin, it was like, who was your favorite character from Sandry's book? And he was like, I really liked Briar's little tree. And we all went, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was a good take. Thinking oh, outside yeah. the pot. Different yeah. perspectives, right? That's why That's why we're all here. We all got different, yeah. uh, no. different views. So I wrote down in exact quotes but can we talk about oswin <laughs> i love what oswin. a what a guy yeah pierce is so good at just writing dudes you know what i mean like just little guys just 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 uh-huh. dudes like they're existing just, they're just guys dudes duding yeah i love them they're just little <laughs> guys um, what i what i like about oswin is indie talks all the time about i mean i know like everyone has magic is one of our catchphrases but indy like really leans into this a lot and talks about how everyone has that that thing when oswin is introduced i think giant says oh oswin fixes things mm-hmm. and like that is his magic yeah and, and that is what he does how to fix something he knows he has connections to be able to find the person that will be able to help you fix yeah. the thing so he just he fixes things and he has connections. He just, yeah, he will help you in any way he can. And he tel- helps take care of this community monetarily as well. Cause they mentioned, there's some mention of like, if you can't afford it, then he find he figures out what you're good at and like handles the bartering system. Oswin, th- this is his magic and he is uh-huh. amazing. I kind of want to be Oswin when I grow up. Right. Indeed, um, you want to add anything? It says that I also love that Starnes came through. I wanted to elaborate on that, but I don't remember what it was. I like when places are people too, if that makes sense. This one in um, particular really actually does, which is interesting. Yeah. Like it's an interesting place by itself, but then kind of the reveal at the end. Yeah. That like it actually has. It's got mountain spirits. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it it has um, agency. Yeah, it has agency, which They're I like, think is we really like cool. being here, and you're gonna kill us. So no, go away. <laughs> and then the last of it is oh, and then there's Luvo. Finally, we got to meet Luvo after years of hints from Molly. <laughs> yes, I love his boomy voice. I need to work on my boomy voice to scare yes. my children. I really like when Evie says like. I, I want to be Luvo and I want to have his patience. Like, I feel like that's a really good takeaway from the book as a whole. I would also like to have the patience of Luvo. Yes. Or even a, a fragment of the patience of Luvo. Yeah. I want to have Luvo's Absolutely. patience and Oswin's skill for fixing things. Yes. Yes, yes. He's, and Giant's joy. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure who my favorite new character is. All of those three are very good. Murtide's also a lot of fun. Despite the fact that he's dedicated Fusspot. Um, <laughs> I like his arc a lot. And I like like it's it's a co-arc, like it happens with Evie and they kind of move towards one another. Flair and Carnelian have actually always stood out to me as characters. I think I just like the fact that they're like these weird volcano spirit children. Yeah. If you asked me to list off characters from this book before we reread it, I would have been like, uh, Evie, Rosethorn, Luvo, Flair, Carnelian. And that one boy who, who like, is just, like, cheerful and nice, which is giant. But I didn't remember his name. But I also feel like we need to shout out, we need to, need to take a moment to shout out Tahar. Oh, yes. Who is the sassiest mage to have ever sassed. Yes. And then also the um, keeper. Yeah. Yeah. That really was cool. I wish She's we had great. more of her. She was cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, she like... Was- Asaze was the one that was the pirate queen's. Daughter. No, that's Nani. Nani, Nori. Nori. Nori, Nori, yeah. Okay. Can you tell it's been a couple of weeks since I read it? Okay. Asaze yeah. was the innkeeper that was very queenly. That's yeah. Right. She was, because she was also like the village headwoman. Yeah. yeah. She was yes. a very important, well respected person. And 
she held that position very well. She was firm, but she was also very respectful to everyone. Kind of thoughtful was the word. Like she was good at noticing things around her, like the the scene where she feeds Evie after Evie has trapped Flair and Carnelian. She's like, no, look, you are absolutely exhausted. And if you don't eat, bad things happen. Food now. Um, it's like, she kind of reminds me of Oswin in that way. She really takes care of the community. Which is what you need on an island like that, mm-hmm. like Starnes, yeah. where it's almost seasonal pirate attacks and people are on edge pretty often. And you, you need somebody that, that is both stern but understanding. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the people come from the temple to help figure out what your water problem is and talk down at you because you're rural island folk. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she handled that well, too. Yeah. Yeah. Fusspot wants food in his room. Like, okay, fine. Get get him out of my hair. I'll talk to Rose Thorn because she seems like the reasonable one. It's the get out of my face. I'm tired of looking at you. <laughs> yeah, except that she's probably nicer about it. She probably can say, get out of my face. I'm tired of looking at you in a way that makes Murtide feel like he's a king. We talked about this some, but how do y'all feel about no one dying? And then I wrote in parentheses, and for that matter, did anyone die in the will of the Empress? And we talked about that. Nobody died in the will of the Empress, but like, yeah, this the tone of this book is completely different. So I, I, I did kept waiting, kept waiting for someone to die. I loved all of you guys being like, Oswin's gonna die, Luva's gonna die, all this because it makes perfect sense. And I just loved sitting here and cackling and be like, nobody's gonna die. <laughs> see in here I, I was thinking you were laughing because everyone was gonna die and you're like yep you're right and you're right and you're right and yep mm-hmm. nobody you. died it's a fucking volcano yeah, well, yeah <laughs> I, I thought you were gonna say it's fun. a fucking Tamara Pierce book that too, yeah, too but that's a given she likes to make you fall in love with characters just so she can yank them away from you so it's like yeah, I don't want to get too them. attached to anybody in this book because I've loved too many characters and then they die and I'm or, so sad or so. even worse or even worse they turn out to be serial killers right yeah like thanks Ben no so I really 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 loved Lubo I was like mm, nope that means he's gonna die because he's <laughs> He was talking about his mortality and stuff too, and like, yeah. like mm, mm. my body can die if I hit lava. We're talking about volcano. Like, like, come on, like, wait, like, hello. <laughs> She's setting it up. It's right there. But no, like, I don't I'm, feel bad. But it was kind of a curveball. I'm glad was, nobody died. I, I feel like she needed a new twist. They're expecting someone to die. So now I gotta change it up some, keep them yeah. on their toes. That's well, what I was gonna say. She likes to pull the rug up from under you. This was the way she did it for this book. Yeah. I feel like Battle Magic's gonna make up for that though. Oh, yeah. oh with a name boy. like Battle Magic? Yeah. I I I genuinely feel like Battle Magic is gonna make up for the fact the last two books. We needed a palette cleanser before all the really bad things happen. Yes. Bloodshed begins. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about it. I don't remember for sure, but I think Battle Magic has one of the higher kill counts. I yeah, no, 100 percent With a along with like, Cold Fire and Triss's book. Woof. With a name like yeah. Battle Magic. <laughs> Hooray! We're in for some fun times, it sounds like. It's it's gonna get dark, y'all. Listen, Briar's gonna be catching bodies left and right. I can I already know it. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds about right, though. He already has. Listen, he learned from the best. Zero tolerance for bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You talk uh, about his mama? Yeah. He learned from the best. But here's the thing. He also has some weird-ass morals. Whereas Rose Thorn probably <laughs> wouldn't fucking murk somebody. Briar has no qualms. <laughs> He's like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> 
And I wrote any last thoughts about first person point of view and or chapter titles. I feel like I should also throw in the fact that this book is also Lilo and Stitch. So like yes. these are all things we talked about a lot, but I want to like open up space in case we have any other final things to say about any of those. I have a paragraph about <laughs> the uh, first person point of view. And we actually had this discussion in person. So I'm going to kind of kind of paraphrase it here because it's a paragraph i'm one of those people that doesn't really like first person books and i know that it's like the book snob in me it's not that they're bad books it's just that it's a first person book if that makes sense and that makes so much sense sometimes i'm like oh yeah i am being really harsh because like it's just it's the brain snob and then i read shit like kingfisher and i go oh no that was a bad book and it should feel bad like (laughs) i genuinely love kingfisher and a lot of the books are told in first person and so also i really like chapter titles especially clever ones I love clever titles. There are TV shows that I have watched and movies that I have watched just because they have clever titles. I personally really liked the having chapter titles because it made it fun to try to guess what was going to happen in each chapter. And I know we do the excerpt, but it's also fun to have the title be like, mm, more guesses as to what's going to happen. The first person, I don't really care for first person usually. Um, there's a few books here and there that I like that are first person. Like the Percy Jackson series, I really like that. It's also in first person. But I, I don't know. I feel like with this book, if we would have followed a different character other than Evie, I might have enjoyed it a little bit more. But I did not enjoy following Evie around. She drove me absolutely crazy. <laughs> I, don't, now, I don't know now you listen to the book on audio right part of it yeah okay how did you feel about the audio I really liked the audio because as I understand part of the story behind this book is that she Pierce really liked Grace really Kelly. liked Grace Kelly and her portrayal of Evie and that's why it's in first person because she wanted to like yeah give her room to to be Evie um, yeah it really brought Evie to life. Mm-hmm. I really liked the audio, but reading it, I don't, I don't know. I just, I liked Evie as a character in where we met her before, but yeah. being in her head now is like, I, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. I didn't much care for it. It kind of made me like Evie less. What you don't want to fall around a ten-year-old? She's older than ten. She's four. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah, no. No, she is 14. You're right. She's 14. She's 14. Do you want to follow around a literal infant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we were following like Rose Thorn, she's an adult though. So, I mean, I'm also an adult. So, following a teenage kid. Then again, yeah. I read Percy Jackson. You're following a teenage kid there. And I really enjoyed those books. So, well, okay. I don't know. So, I don't I know. When did you read the Percy Jackson series? Recently okay so that's that 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 it's not like a nostalgic or anything yeah i hadn't read them before so So. what what i was going to ask is like if you had read it at the age or close to that age maybe it would have had a different impact maybe i i don't know i don't know but Evie really irritated me in this book. Yeah. <laughs> she drove me absolutely crazy. Yeah. Cause I wonder I, if that's also related to you being a mom. Yeah. Because Maybe. you can probably relate to Rose Thorn very well. Mm-hmm. And I remind you, Rose Thorn kicks Evie at least twice in this book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I was going to say, maybe if we had it from Murtide's perspective, too, but I feel like he would have drove me crazy, too. So, I <laughs> yeah. because Murtide is also a teenager. Not literally, but he acts he like He acts like one. And, uh, and he would be doing the same thing that Evie's doing, acting all ridiculous over something so stupid. Uh, uh, shut up. Just shut up. Shut up. And shut up. Shut up. I think that's what I like about Murtide, like specifically his arc. Uh, because he and Evie are both growing up 
like yeah. I think we we compared them to like bickering siblings at some point and Rose Thorne is the mom and she's like okay you go in that corner you go in that corner uh, <laughs> you're gonna ride with me now because you can't <laughs> be nice to your little sister I say that it's because it's coming from a kid but I feel like if we would have had like the first four books I feel like if those would have been in first person I wouldn't have minded so much because those four are they don't seem like they're whiny and I think it may be like Evie's specific personality Um, and like you compared like Evie to the Percy Jackson series and like he has a very different character arc right Um, and like because Percy is convinced that like he's not good enough and he's he's it's they're kind of opposite character arcs because he's like trying to connect to people and feels like he can't because everything just goes wrong uh and Evie is literally pushing people away and she has to learn to stop um and it's possible that like her pushing people away and her like complaining about people is what bothered you because like I think I think we mentioned this at some point I read the Hunger Games and I hate Katniss and I'm just like oh my gosh because that's how I felt about Katniss you're so whiny you're so whiny and I think it's the same thing it's she's constantly pushing people because that's what the that's her whole arc over three books it's the same arc it's she is pushing people away and she has to learn to actually work alongside them instead I really enjoyed those books. I have them. I have two copies of each book on my shelf over here. So I <laughs> like those books. For these first person like books, it really depends if you like the character or not. So as someone who has been reading a lot more first person books because I'm trying to get over that brain snob. Like I, mm-hmm. I am genuinely trying to read more first person books because I want to grow as a reader. Yeah. Yeah. I find that the more relatable the character and the closer in my own age range, mm-hmm. I like the character. I recently read Hollow Places. Holy shit. Only reason it is not my favorite book of the year is because I read The Only Good Indians. <laughs> that book is astounding. Holy shit. If you haven't read it and you like horror, The Only Good Indians cannot recommend it enough. But the main character of Hollow Places is in her 30s. She's going through a divorce. She's a really neat character. And I really like And I also, yeah, very relatable. But like I read a book called Ghost Eaters. The premise was amazing. So I was like, this is going to be good. But for me, it was a mediocre book because I felt like it wasn't executed to its extent. But also the main character was in like her early 20s. And I'm like, like being in my 30s, it's like I I can't relate to these children anymore. (laughs) I have a couple of friends who are in their like their early to mid 20s. It's hard to relate to them sometimes (laughs) for the same reason. So but I, I think that's another thing. Like, you have to like the character. You have to find some kind of relatable thread there. And you have to like them. I am just really glad that uh, Tamara Pierce didn't write Magic Steps in first person of Costco. Oh, that would have been <laughs> horrible. I don't know if I would have been able to get through it. <laughs> to be completely I, honest with you. I think I would love Magic Steps in first person. I I don't. <laughs> In Pasco's point of view, no, thank you. Uh-uh. Pasco's a I, great kid. Would I want to see everything through his eyes? No, God. No. I love Pasco so freaking much. He's he's awesome, but seeing everything from his eyes, no, 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 no. It's been horrible. What is your thought about first person and the title? So, I used to read a lot of like schlocky military sci-fi like with like exoskeletons or a- fighting aliens and stuff and first person shooter and it all really just fucking melded together into like I'm a gruff tough guy killing endlessly and it's the same shit just it's all blended together into an amalgamation of garbage and that really made me not like first person perspectives I feel 
Like it just, I, I, cause it, it depends. I, I don't think I found a first person like story that I've genuinely, like I can stand them, but I don't enjoy them. I don't know why, aside from maybe that one, several bad experiences. I guess that's why, but like, it's just weird. I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of them. I think first person is harder for writers to execute well. Mm. It really and is. Because there are first person books that I like, like the Percy Jackson series. <laughs> Here's the obligatory Animorphs reference. Like oh my those books are all in first person. Like there are certain Animorphs books that if they had been written in third person, like they wouldn't have been as good. But the, at the same time that I interviewed Indy about Melting Stones privately for the Secret Chat episode, I was reading or had just finished reading I can't remember what the book is called but it's like the perfect marriage or a happy marriage or something I told you guys about it. I don't remember who wrote it either but it was like he was cheating on his wife and then the girl that he was cheating on his wife with got murdered he had been accused of it and his wife is a lawyer and she's going to defend him in court I didn't like it in the end anyway it was it was like very compelling and then like the last half dozen chapters it was like wait this is how you ended this book <laughs> but um it was also in first person and there were just parts that was like i can tell that you're an amateur writer because you wrote this in first person and this does not sound like something this character would say so i will give pierce that like evie feels like evie she she does. Like... <laughs> yeah yes she definitely feels like the character that she's supposed to be yeah but I do have to wonder if, like, this is just a book that's better in audio. Yeah. Also highly possible. Like, there are just some books that, that read better read aloud. It was written for this actress, so it could very well be that it reads better if you, if you listen to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any final thoughts on our Lilo and Stitch revelation? It's definitely Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. I was gonna say that's, that's definitely what it is. I feel like I should have rewatched Lilo and Stitch just to get more out of this. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What would you change if you could? I know for like the audio, what I would change for the audio, because I when I read the book, Flair and Carnelian 
sounded so creepy. And I was terrified of them. But then when I listened to audio, they weren't creepy at all. I, I don't like horror. I don't like being scared, but I kind of liked the feeling of being a little bit creeped out by them. And it mm -hmm. made more sense to me that I would be creeped out by them because they're spirits and they're, they're I don't know, unknown thing. I, would, I feel like you would be creeped out by those things. And nope, they're just normal, cool, like kids. Yeah, they're essentially children. Just like, yeah. Which I, I felt like it was better than being creepy. So I feel like that would have been a cool change. Not enough kids dying in volcanoes. Um, that's something else I would change. <laughs> Hard agree. Hard agree on that one. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Not being in first person, that that would be great as well. I I, I know that Tamara Pierce really liked Grace Kelly, but oh my god, that was a rough read. I did not <laughs> like this book. This is my least favorite out of all of them so far. Yeah, I I like. I wish I could have gotten like perspective on like how Rose Thorn was feeling having to leave mm -hmm. Evie on the island. Like, I wanted more of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't more... have that because we were being with Evie the whole time. So. As cool as Evie is, as much as I like her, I just feel like it was... Like, I understanding now why she made the decision to make it first person, because she really liked that uh, voice actor, like... I, I still haven't listened to the audio, so I, I will have to do that. It's Maybe good. I'll my, yeah, I might change my opinion, but I feel like you lose more from the story not having everybody else. I guess I wasn't as emotionally invested in this one. Yeah. Mm. It's really interesting for me. I remember a few weeks ago, right after we had finished, I was like, wow, I really like this book. Like, I appreciate this book a whole lot more now. And it just hit very differently. And I think that's because of reading it slow and really digging into it and really like pulling out those themes. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think that this is my least favorite. But then again, I don't know what my least favorite is because like I love all of them. So eh. um, I want to see Nani. Nani, I keep calling her Nani. Nori. <laughs> I want to see Nori go through Evie's arc. I know listening to the episode when you and Indy talked about um, mm -hmm. this book, y'all were really hard on Nori. It's hard for me to be critical of her because I see myself so much in her. I, I feel bad for her. I, I, I couldn't bring myself to hate her. Yeah. I wouldn't say I hate her, but like, I don't know. Murtide is really annoying at the beginning and then grows and like we see him kind of become a better person and i feel like i didn't get that from nori no. and, at the end, and i feel like she is mean to evie when she first gets introduced and she's still mean to evie on the last page of the book yeah and i i want to see her become a nicer person yeah um, I, yeah i i agree but i don't know i i kind of feel like she's validated in her feelings so i understand kind of why she was a jerk the whole time but at the same time like when someone so like Evie came back mm -hmm. like ultimately at the end like Evie came back for them and I feel like there should have been a little at least a little bit of kindness shown like just just yeah. like not not like overtly so just mm -hmm. kind of a less hostility i don't know i i for me it's like oh great the person i didn't like showed up i guess i have to be nice to this person she's the main reason that i'm stuck on this island anyway and now i have to spend months with her Ugh, it's awful because if Evie would have been nice to Miriam to begin with. Miriam would have run off and nobody would have been stuck there. And now you get to be stuck on the island with the person that caused you to end up being there. Uh, no. I, I feel know. like it's not necessarily fair to like criticize Evie for not being nice to Miriam because Nori is not nice to Evie. And I'm not saying like that's the cause of what happened, but still, like, she's not nice to Evie to begin with. I feel like they're very similar. But Evie actually sort of goes, oh, you know what? But also, like, let's forget about the way Nori behaves to Evie. She's still being a bitch to Giant, who's, like, one of the nicest people yeah. in the book. Like, come on, Nori. At least be nice to him. 
I don't know. I I find Maybe that he's into it. I find the interaction <laughs> cute. I don't know. <laughs> but I also thought about because like we discussed the whole like part where she punches Evie, and I thought about this and how we have different perspectives on it. And I think a lot of that comes from our relationship with children in our lives. Because like you compared this to like if I had lost a child because Miriam, you you have a child who's close to Miriam's age. Whereas I'm a teacher and I have kids who are Evie and Nori's age. So to me, this is like one of my kids just knocking the lights out of the other in my classroom. Yeah. So Yeah. She's so just I mean. feel like with Nori and Jayat, I am kind of mean to the people that I like. So who knows what they're actually like behind closed doors. Like she could be so nice to him, but she has a reputation to uphold. So she's got to be mean to him in front of people. So I don't know. I'm kind of mean to the people I like. I don't know. I don't know. I think they're cute. I, I will say that one of my favorite couple tropes is the uh, grumpy one in the ball of sunshine. Mm-hmm, and, that's and, I, and I will say <laughs> as far as that trope goes, you usually have the guy as the grumpy like one and the girl is the sunshine. I really it's nice to have that flip every once in a while. So you know like, Indy. Yeah. Are you telling me that Giant is a manic pixie dream boy? He yes! Is. He <laughs> is. Uh, what about you guys? Changes? I think I already said my piece with wanting a not first person perspective. I think that might be the only change. I I enjoyed it. It was a good story. Um, Made me rethink my uh, uh, yelling at children, I guess. I love yelling at kids. My favorite hobby. <laughs> Yes, me too. I need to work on my boomy voice. You mean nobody wants to add in the definition of the word kid? No. I am not going to say anything. Not a word. (laughs) Goodwin's like, I actually found the spot where it says it and we skipped over it, but I'm not going to tell anyone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pretend this doesn't matter to me. (laughs) What about you, Indy? Mine was about Nori, so I feel like we've also talked to that to death. Well, in that case, what would you like to learn more about? I'm going to say Nori again. Not only do I want, like, the continuation of her story with Giant, but... Queen, the pirate queen! Yeah, yeah. I want more of her backstory. Yeah! (laughs) Just please give us the Nori book. Please, that would be amazing. And then it can be in first person, but Brittany will not be annoyed and she will have her arc and everyone will be happy. Yes. And Jaya will be back. Hooray! (laughs) And Oswin. Yeah. That will be the role he plays in it. He will be the manic pixie dream boy. Yes. Yeah. Now I want this book. That sounds amazing. That's what the shirt is going to be. Or maybe it's a poster, like a movie poster, and the title is Manic Trick Pixie Dream Boy, and it's starring Giant. I love that. <laughs> I I mentioned it earlier, but I really like when places are as much as a, of a character as, like, everybody else, personified or not. They are a place. Like, this is one of the reasons why, like, because I recently very recently watched the newest batman i realized that one of my favorite things is gotham as as is as much of the main character as batman i really kind of wish we got more with starns i think one of the reasons we don't is because it is told in first person through evie's perspective and like we get some but we don't get a lot we don't learn a lot about starns I, I just think it would be a neat place with some, like, because it feels like it's based off of maybe, like, the Keys or Hawaii or someplace like that. It has its own culture and its own stories and things like that. And I feel, because there is something different about living on a mainland versus living on an island and like i spent several months in puerto rico way back when i was like a young teen and puerto rico was fascinating 
it's its own ecosystem. It's 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 its own bubble, and it's got its own stories that are completely different than mainland stories because of the fact that it is an island. Again, I'm as I'm a sucker for places that are characters, so. I think that would be the main thing. It's I would love to have had more about Starnes itself. Like history, maybe stories, or like the difference in cultures of like say mainland. Because we get we get some through the books of Emelon in general, like stories yeah. from it. Because all of these kids, obviously, say for Briar are from that area so like we get a lot of those stories and like the traditions and culture itself i'm a simple man that's what i want (laughs) goodwin anything you want to know more about maybe myrtide maybe see why he's such a dickhole that's not yeah. yeah, thank you. That's a much better term. I am just reminded of, I think it was the first episode that we did of Meltic Stones, or m- maybe it was the, the secret chat with Indy, one of those. Somebody thought at first that Fusspot was like his mage name. It's like, that's a choice. Don't really know why you decided to name yourself Fusspot. Yeah, because you get to choose it. So why would you choose that? Right. <laughs> but yeah yeah like what made him so um insecure to make him act that way you know like did he get absolutely roasted by like a better mage and then he's like oh god i can never go through this again so i'm gonna act high and mighty or something yeah i I don't know i think it i think it'd be neat yeah i think we discussed that with yarin and like yarin went to school with nico and like compares himself to nico but Fusspot can communicate across the entire ocean, so he seems fairly powerful. Maybe yeah. I mean maybe it's like Crane because Crane uh, is from like a wealthy, well-to-do family, and and like kind of wears his status on his sleeve, even though he doesn't really have that status anymore. But yeah. maybe it's something like he like was that. expected to to act a certain way, or or maybe it's the opposite. Maybe he came from humble beginnings, and then he felt that he had had to act that way to get respect. That's possible. I I, I think it, yeah. Who knows? I'd like to know. You know what time it is? Prediction. Prediction time. Prediction Prediction time. time. Uh, This is the last set of predictions for the Circle of Magic. Since, like, I normally ask, what do you hope to learn more in the next book? Well, there's only one book left, and I knew you guys already have a pretty strong idea about what it's about. So I'm also going to throw in this question. So what do you think will happen? But also, what do you want to see in the next, in this book? I want to see Briar stacking bodies. (laughs) Okay. I was going to fool six feet in the fucking dirt. But wait, wait, hang on. I'm going to give you your words. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These, I feel like these are like the most obscure words that I've done, but uh, but you guys have like, you already, like I said, you already have a pretty strong idea of what this is about. Okay, so your three words are home, God's vows. Home is a new animal companion. Let's go. <laughs> no, it's usually the third word, so vows is the new animal companion. What kind Whoa. of animal vows? Well, does Briar take the vows? What vows? To become vows a dead like to become a dedicate. Oh, ooh. Oh. oh god, Molly's leaving the room. Oh god, it's true. <laughs> I'm sorry, I heard the word vows and I was like, no. That's it. That's gotta be it. Let's go. Look at her. Look at her. Look at her. I, I suppose a question we should ask ourselves is uh, because I, I know Lata that there's. is going to take some the vows and probably Briar. I don't know about Sandry. Home. I think they're going to be defending their home. 
I was gonna say like it does kind of feel like well I think it might be like a home is where the heart is situation like like maybe the people around you we already kind of know that they home is where the four of them are Mm -hmm. we know that is Daja's opinion and Sandry's opinion I know they made the little space at Mm -hmm. the end of uh yeah. Is it Will of the Empress that made this space? Yes, and the Will of the Empress. He made a little space. What, what... So where do you think the story takes place? At what point does it happen in the timeline? And who do you think is in it? This is the book. This is the book that's out of order. Yeah, it's the one that fills in what Briar went through and why he's got PTSD, surely. Fuck! <laughs> I don't feel like we're going to get that story, honestly. I think, I, I think... I think we've already gotten enough information from that one why do we need more information about it i don't feel like it's going to be that book well like no, no no like this is the one that like is out of order we know this because mm-hmm. molly has said it enough mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no i'm 100 this, this is the only reference we've had to like actual battle i feel like in the series yeah like, but i don't know i don't know I don't, like, I don't think so. It, it takes I place think we in really Yangjing. Information about Yangjing and everything that happened there. I don't feel like she would go back and rehash all of that. No, the why, about it. The reason why I I am of the mind that this is going to be the Rose Thorn Briar in every book is because I was so one hundred percent sure, one hundred percent without question that this book was the one well if that's the case i'm gonna be very pissed because i want all four of my kids back together for the final book and we don't get all four of them i'll be very mad all of the kids better be this fucking book if it's the last one i want one last hurrah with them well i'd be very sad hold on we know that like there was supposed to be a 12th book yeah, and that was supposed to be for Trist going to school or whatever. I want one last hurrah with all four of them. Unless this is the book with Trist going to school or whatever. And you lied to us. Going to school to learn battle magic, mate? No, she wouldn't do that. Well, I was going to say, that is that is a thing that is consistently referenced with Triss specifically. It could be her going to school and trying to not deal with battle magic. Because and, like, if we people remember... trying to pressure her into doing battle magic, yeah. Because if we remember from Will well, yeah. of the Empress most recently, they wanted to enlist Triss for battle magic, right? And she's mm. like, "Fuck y'all, I ain't doing that shit." That is a distinct possibility, but I'm gonna stick with Briar stacking bodies in Yangjing, trying to escape. I don't think it's in Yangjing. Getting, getting like one one of the temples attacked by by the emperor and like him having survivor's guilt and trauma and sadness and we're gonna get however you found Luvo and all that jazz maybe. I feel like it's gonna be back in Emelon and Tris is gonna be working for Duke Bedrest now and Baronine is coming to fucking attack them. I don't know. Listen, I feel like both of those are valid points. I I have the one that I'm leaning more towards. No, she's not working for Bedrith. He's working for Sandry. Sandry has taken over. Sandry did a coup. No, she's the next. That would make me so sad. That would, yeah. Well, no, I mean, you know, Duke Vitrus, you know, kind of dies and then maybe people try to take oh. over the things like in the I don't think that would be a coup. I think that would be her inheriting. Well no, no, no. If if the rest of the government tried to take that away from her. Well, I, I don't think that's going like, to be the case. They want her in there. They think she's wonderful. I don't think I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know yeah. the political machinations no, of Emelon. I don't know if there are people I, that I do think Briar mentioned that it she's her. very well loved. It now, Duke Vedras' son might be very upset if Sandria. That's mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say. I was like, yeah. there, there is Other... he heir. wants Sandry to be his next heir, but the sons are not going to have that. So yeah. the sons are coming to attack. There so... are other interested parties. 
Yes. yes. I think that's what's going to happen. Sandra's pushed to step up, but Trish is there to help attack against the sun. She's going to have to to protect her friend. Ooh. Exactly. Ooh. She doesn't want to do battle magic, but she's going to be forced to do so. Ooh. To protect everyone she loves. Damn. Mm. Yep, I think that's what it is. I love that we have two completely different books already fleshed out. Tamerfish should hire us. This is what I love about you guys. I'm just saying. Guys, I have a question. Shoot. What Disney movie is this? Oh, yeah. I forgot to ask that. (laughs) What Disney movie? Murdering a lot of people. Let's Mulan. I, that was literally what my brain said. Was like, are we going full? I mean, that is what you guys said last time. And last time, you guys were like, "Oh, this is this is about the war." Mm-hmm. And so we were like, "Oh, it's Mulan," and she has to protect everybody she loves. So yeah, Mulan. But usually, it's a movie mashup, right? So the real question yeah. is, what movie mashup is it? What else would it be? Mulan and what other Disney movie involves extermination of a populace? Well, you could look at my words again, too. I had, what, home, gods, and vows. Although that sounds a lot like Mulan. (laughs) I was going to say, that also kind of sounds like Hercules, but I know that's not a... Not a lot of murder, though. That's going to be what it's like. Mulan meets Hercules. Zero to hero, just like that. Well, has any of them been actually like the movie mashups that we've talked about? No. No. (laughs) No. So if you want, you can be like, yeah, this is going to be Mulan meets Hercules. I would watch that. <laughs> it's not what it that is. That sounds like a Rick Riordan book. Like, that sounds like something in the Percy Jackson series. I mean, yeah. Like, two, two mythological folk heroes. I yeah. mean, the fifth Percy Jackson book is all the Greek gods in a war. So... So you just need Mulan to show up. Yeah. I don't hmm. keep thinking Pocahontas. Why Pocahontas? Are there Doesn't any it. other movies besides Disney? Because I know with other books we did like oh, a Disney other I was just up. We we always do a Disney movie, which is why Disney. 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 I can't think of any other Disney movie that it would be other than Mulan for sure. Well then what other movie do we think? Starship Troopers. <laughs> you just want to see Briar mow down waves and waves of Yangjing soldiers. Not in Yangjing, though. Oh, uh, tons and tons of uh, what's that country? Uh, Baronies from Namorn. Namorn. Thank you. But I was it's not Norway, Baronies. and I know it's not Norway. It's it's, it's the it's the suns. It's the suns. Where are they from? I think they're from somewhere in Emelon. Like I think. Yeah. They're going to attack their own people? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it's horrible. I'm from Buenos Aires, and I worse. say kill them all. all uh, of them. I'm sorry. My brain just went inglorious <laughs> bastards. <laughs> Fair. Since this is our recap episode, we are ending with an excerpt from chapter one of Battle Magic, which is the final book in the Circle of Magic series. (laughs) Chapter one. Outside the walls of Garmashing, capital of Gyeongshi, in the canyon Ah! of the Tomsho River, far to the east of Winding Circle Temple in the month of Carp Moon. Rock (laughs) tumbled. Glad I brought that up. (laughs) Rock tumbled from a rectangular hole at least 20 feet high in the cliff's face, cascading around a solid shape at its center. The shamans continued to dance and the musicians to play as they backed toward the place where Evie and the other observers stood. Briar whistled in silent admiration. He knew he couldn't dance and walk backward, yet the shamans and their musical helpers never faltered. Only Evie moved, walking forward around the line of shamans. Doki lunged to grab her again and missed. Evie took a place on the riverbank in front of whatever was going on in the cliff and held out her hands. Briar fought to stand, spilling the tray of ink. He ignored it, but he could not ignore it when the god king grabbed one of his arms. Stop, the younger boy ordered in a voice that froze Briar where he stood. She will be fine. Watch. 
He released Briar, who instantly found he could move again. Rather than continue to try to reach his student, Briar waited. He wasn't quite sure if Evie made any noise. The racket caused by the grinding, collapsing wall of rocks drowned out any other sound except, of course, the God King's voice. Briar wondered if Evie might not be chanting a spell, though. He knew she was working her magic because the tumbling rocks split on either side of the opening it made, like curtains before a window. That was pure Evie. Neat piles of broken stone grew from the falling rock on either side of the rectangular gap in the cliff. At its heart stood a pair of embracing, human-like stone skeletons. As the heaped boulders and chips in front of them shifted to either side, the twenty-foot-tall skeletons walked out of the cliff. Evie wavered. She was trying to do too much at once. Worried, Briar stepped up to the edge where the tent was pitched, then halted again. Doki had reached the girl. He stood next to Evie, writing signs on the air as he worked spells of his own. She straightened, able to control the falling stone again with Doki's help. The skeletons, which had paused when she seemed about to fall over, resumed their walk away from the cliff. One of the two skulls looked curiously at Evie and Doki, while the other scanned the riverside behind them. The gap in the cliff and the shamans and their musicians. An arm from that skeleton reached around to tap the skull that had cocked its head as it stared at Evie. When that skull turned to glare at the other, the tapping hand pointed to the shamans. Both skeletons lumbered toward the dancers. Briar looked at the God King. What are they for, the statues? I don't think you said. The God King squinted at the dancing skeletons. Such things are a promise from this realm to those who build their temples here. They are blessings on the temples and a sign of our protection. They tell invaders that the temple is guarded by the gods of Gyeongshi, as well as the gods of the temple where the statues stand. Seemingly unafraid and without missing a step, the dancers and musicians continued to back up, dancing or playing as they went. The warriors mounted horses to form a half circle around them. Other members of their group that handled the wagon they had brought helped the musicians into it. As smoothly as if they often traveled this way, the warriors and wagon set off in the lead, their half circle ending with the dancers just inside. The two skeletons, arms around each other's stone spine waist, came last of all. I'm so sad. Sorry. This is why uh, I made the comment after Will of the Empress about it being like a really good ending. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's a perfect ending, honestly. I, I do like people new to the series reading it in chronological order because I love the like the absolute confusion that comes with reading Will of the Empress for the first time. Like, why is Briar acting like this? Who the hell is Luvo? All of these questions. But I do feel like I'm going to have to reread the series at some point and read Will of the Empress last. Like, read yeah. it in chronological order. Yeah, so it would be Battle Magic, then... Melting Stones. Melting Stones, and then Will of the Empress. Reading Circle Temple is produced by us, Molly, Brittany, Indy, and Goodwin. If you like the show, tell your friends about us. If you don't like the show, tell your enemies. You can also help people find us by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Find all our episodes at our new home on ACAST, shows.acast.com slash Reading Circle Temple. Shake it us. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at templeofreadingcircle at gmail.com. You can also follow Reading Circle Temple on Instagram, Tumblr, and Facebook. And you can join our Reading Circle Temple Facebook group. To find us on Twitter, tweet at Reading Temple. A special thanks to Yellows for Happy for our artwork. You can find more of their art by following Yellows for Happy Draws on Tumblr and Shannon and Draws on Instagram. Another special thanks to Brittany's brother, Thomas Dick, for our theme music. You can find more of his music by following Thomas Dick on SoundCloud. Thanks to Tamara Pierce for writing The Circle of Magic, and thanks to you for listening. Let's all have coffee next week. A little like somebody else we know from the first four books. Crane. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> it was just like... I was, <clears throat> nobody like responded. I mean, you all kind of went... <laughs> yeah, we all and like... I was like, I think you know what I mean. But I'm a little surprised that nobody verbally responded. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I have expected. I forgot, I like, I forgot this is a, a audio.
The listeners cannot see us shaking our heads yet. <laughs> Let the record show that everyone is nodding along. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell it's been a couple of weeks? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.